This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Joining us on these Thursdays is the voice of the Golden Gophers, the sports director for MNN as well, uh, Mike Grimm. And Grimm, uh, uh, Grimmer coming off a, a loss to North Carolina. Uh, I would assume that Coach Fleck kind of does practices uh, each week. Whether they win or lose, there's a lot of similarities to them. Um, but, uh, you know, what what, they, what do you think they're working on this week in practice coming off that North Carolina loss? The, the uh, theme this week is response. That's mm. what he has been uh, – uh, talking about, I think he, uh, he used Taylor Swift as an example of, of response, trying to get uh, home with these young guys, right, that yeah. probably listened to Taylor Swift. <laughs> I, had to, I had to ask the exp- explanation on that, not being a, uh, one of those Swifties. I, I, I <laughs> recognize her songs, but I don't know the, the meaning behind all of it. So that's been part of it. We'll see if Taylor Swift brings the Gophers back to victory. But, um, I, you know, I think they were certainly disappointed with that game um, you know, the, the part of me wants to say, look, I think North Carolina is just a better team. I don't think they're that much of a better team. I don't know about 31-13. I, yeah. There's no doubt that Minnesota, you know, uh, offensively really struggled, which was a disappointment because in watching the previous two uh, North Carolina games, I thought I thought the Gophers could move the ball. That defense didn't look good against Appalachian State. And they had, you know, they've got guys, there's no doubt, and talent, but they, they didn't look great. Uh, particularly, well, really, against App State, both running and passing defense. They gave up 490-some yards to App State. But the Gophers didn't look very good. Uh, When uh, Ethan was off target, he was off target and and, and had open receivers. And then there were other times where he was on target and on time, and receivers, guys that you can count on usually, Jackson and Span Ford, just dropping passes. I mean, they're, they're driving down to tie the game on the opening possession, and juggling, you know, the Brevin span forward, the tight end. It was, the pass was not on target, but he's a good enough athlete. He got a hand on it, and then he tipped it twice to himself until he got tripped, mm. and then the ball lands in, in their hands, right? And so instead of 7-7, seven, seven, it's 7 nothing. They go down, again, all of a sudden uh, you're in a, you know, you're in a hole that Minnesota's just not equipped yet, I don't think, and haven't been for a while. If they get behind by two touchdowns, it, it could be a long afternoon. Um, that has to change. I think they're planning that. P.J. Fleck on Monday – Todd basically flat out said, look, Ethan Calic-Manis, we're, we're changing our offense for this guy. We're not going to just hand the ball off because he had a bad game. So mm-hmm. I, I think it'll be a real good test Saturday night to see exactly what that means and how much they do throw because um, I think this Northwestern team is susceptible. They have, they're, they're not real strong either. But um, I, I, I was really – yeah, it was just a, as weird as it sounds. I thought the defense was all right. They gave up 414 passing yards, so you're probably like, you know, that's the most in, in a while. Yeah. But, you know, like, and what do you mean they played well? Well, you know, they had – they had one bad play where they didn't they 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 subbed late and that caused a cost them a touchdown mm-hmm. long explosive play they they tried to beat in um and uh, beat beat the the clock so to speak and get some new pass rushers in there and it just didn't work and the safety came on late and couldn't get back and and so that's a touchdown and you know one other explosive play in the first half where the receiver just made a fantastic catch it wasn't a great throw i didn't think by the quarterback and the receiver made just a great catch at the goal line on a 40-plus yarder. Outside of that, they stopped the run well. You know, you're going to give up some plays on a future first-rounder. So yeah. uh, offensively, they got to figure some stuff out, and uh, hopefully they do that uh, this week. 
Yeah, I mean, they picked off two passes, too, and, and gave yeah, the offense yeah. a, a short field a, a couple of times. So, yeah, there certainly were uh, bright spots on that side of the football. Uh, the concern is, is Calic Manis a little bit, or are you not uh, concerned at the, uh, what, 11 for 25 or whatever he was this week? Yeah, I mean, 38% completion is not great. Yeah. I, I will say this. I thought he would be better right off the bat based on what we saw at the end of last year. Yeah. Um, and in watching him, you just he he and then we've talked about this, right? I yep. you know I've been very bullish on him because yep. I watch him in, in practice and 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 you know just watching that Wisconsin game last year on the road in that environment, what he did, three hundred and whatever it was, nineteen yards yep. passing, the game-winning touchdown, all that stuff. Started the bowl game like nine for ten before he got hurt. Looked great against that defense. So I'm thinking this is great. Looked awesome in the spring. He's got the talent. I mean, he's got a great arm. So now. Um, I think if you remember even back the first week or two of the of the training camp and those things we talked and one of the things I always hedged a little bit saying if the coaching staff and and Ethan can get him to hit his ceiling um he's going to be really good and and clearly they've not gotten that yet it's it you know some of that's on him some of that's probably on the coaches some of us just learning right i mean yeah. at the end of the day PJ made this point i i it, i you know some people i was getting tweets people were like oh there's another excuse Look, excuses sometimes just are are, are facts. facts right? That's right. That's right. And so, so I'll say this: uh, you know, people can take it for what it's worth. His junior year of high school, five years ago now, um, he suffered a shoulder injury and didn't play. Mm-hmm. He he was basically going off his tenth grade season when all these offers came in. Mm-hmm. Didn't play. Then COVID hit his senior year, and the state of Illinois canceled football. And then they put together kind of this rinky-dink spring schedule where they played six games. His team went 6-0, and and he was named the Gatorade Player of the Year in Illinois. But it was six games. Yeah. Then he sat as a redshirt freshman and last year played in, what was it, six or eight games? I don't have the, the stats in front of me. So you think about that. In, yeah. in terms of like what I would call real quality football, in the last five years, he hadn't played that much. So right. he's learning He's got to figure out what he can do and what he can't do. I think they thought he was figuring that out in, in training camp and spring ball. Like, I can fit this window here. I can, you know, better not do that. But, you know, I, I don't care how much and how intense you can make spring ball and how intense you can make fall camp. Um, it's different when you're on the road and it, it's a number 17 team in the country. That reaction, that defense, those athletes, um, it's just different, and so I think he's he's still kind of learning. So I'm still I'm still good with him. I, I, I mean, certainly you got to roll with him. Yeah. Uh, let him let him grow, and it, you know it's one of those things too. It might just be like a basketball shooter. All of a sudden you get a hot hand, and who knows? Maybe you take off for three or four weeks in a row, and and um, he's got it figured out. I don't think it's a confidence thing. I think the kid's confident, but like I said, between him and the coaches. As soon as you know, as they get settled, if they can get him uh, hitting the ceiling that that we think he can, um, and if they get there, then then he's going to be a really really good Big Ten quarterback. And um, look, a lot of people, a lot of young guys struggle. I mean, I think back to the teams I grew up watching, and um, you know, even the the best quarterbacks weren't always great when they were freshmen, right? Yeah. Sometimes a guy just comes in, and C.J. Stroud is amazing. Well, C.J. Stroud was playing with five first round draft picks. I mean, legitimately, right. you think about uh, what's a guy for Philly. Uh, I think that's the guy, Devontae Smith. Yep. 
think he was like the fifth string receiver at Ohio State at one point and had yeah. transferred to Alabama and became a first round pick. So, so that's different, right? Yeah. Uh, it just, uh, you know, a freshman quarterback when you got that kind of weaponry. Yep. Uh, and that's why I think you and I even talked about it at one point. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we have our doubts. And actually, I think it was uh, Greg and I talked about it okay. on this podcast. We have our doubts about Stroud because yep. he, he actually stepped down in quality of receiver going from Ohio right. State to the Texans, right? I right. Mean, now, he's, like, they're throwing like 45 times a game, so we'll see how, how, how he does. And maybe we'll be wrong, and he'll be you know, the next Joe Montana. I don't know. But anyway, uh, that's a long answer to, um, yes, I, I, I still think uh, Cali Agmanis has a, has a bright future here for Minnesota, I'm at this point certainly not uh, uh, saying they should pull the plug. No, no, at this point that's for sure. Uh, you know, like you said, you were hoping he'd be a little further advanced in his progression by now, but that certainly could come at any point. They did face a, a really good team in North Carolina, a top fifteen team uh, now, certainly uh, in the league. But you mentioned that they they changed their offense to suit Caliak Manis's talents. So. What type of changes did they make? I mean, uh, as a as a fan and watching it on TV, uh, what would I pick up on? Do you think? Well, I, I think the offense itself is 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 pretty much the same. Mm. I think philosophically they want well, the play to calling and will, Okay, yeah, mm. yeah, it will be more philosophical. I think more. Hey, we need to let this guy uh, throw the ball more than maybe we have. One, you don't have Muhammad Ibrahim, although although Darius Taylor looks really really good. Yeah. Philosophy too. If all of a sudden, you know, Saturday night, you know, if he's averaging eight yards a carry, um, you might say, "All right, well, we're just going to do that." Because at the end of the day, you got to win the game. You can't lose this game if you want to do what you want to do for the season, right? This is yeah. your 13-point favorite. I think Minnesota is the last I saw. So you got to win it. Northwestern's going through just some, uh, you know, terrible times right now with with the chaos they had in the summer. They fired the greatest player in the history of the school as the head coach also the greatest coach in the history of the school fire that fire him and um and now you know you're trying to figure out uh, where you're going they're one and two uh the win came against utep so so i think philosophically more than the offense itself i think uh we're gonna they're, they're, you're gonna see a shift to if if it's although we haven't seen it in the red zone that that's been an issue um they've really tried to cram the in through the ground in the red zone and um you know Dragon Kessich is off to a great start I mean he has more field goals I think I saw this stat I did not dig this up myself mm. I think I saw the stat Dragon Kessich now has let me think here three four five seven field goals which is more than the Gophers kicked the entire 2019 season so that tells oh, you what kind gosh. of red zone you know what kind of red zone now in 2019 they didn't have a great kicker so they went for it sometimes yeah Kessich they really love so they're going to kick it but um, yeah, I think they already have more field goals through three games than. And don't quote me on that. Maybe it's the same number. I can't remember. But 2019, they didn't kick a lot of field goals. Yeah. Um, they scored touchdowns when they got in the red zone, or they they turned it over on downs because you know the, the, as I mentioned, the kicking game wasn't strong. So red zone, I don't know. They, they they've struggled there. But I think philosophically, they're gonna they're gonna lean toward on plays where maybe on third and four they used to hand it to Muhammad, they're going to say, all right, uh, you know, uh, quarterback, show us your stuff and um, and get us the first down and move the sticks. And there will be some growing pains with that. There just will. So Calic Manis went out a couple of times during the course of the game with some cramping uh, in a calf and his forearm cramped up on him uh, a little bit. Some other gophers uh, suffered from some of that in the heat down there in uh, Carolina. Uh, so Cole Kramer comes in the game and they throw the ball in the end zone and gets picked off. Did it surprise yeah. you that they went with, you know, that's a difficult throw in a one-on-one situation down near the goal line. Did it surprise you that Kramer put the ball in the air there? 
A little bit. A little bit it did, um, and he had uh, pressure right in his face, which yep. caused the throw to, to be off the mark. That said, um, I-, I was okay with it, quite honestly, because okay. Kramer has also looked pretty good. Um, I would say in terms of his arm strength and stuff, he has improved more than than than, um, than most quarterbacks you see. Like he's whipping the ball around and making the throws. Um, and and I think on one hand we can't we can't for the last four or five years have people complaining that the offense is way too conservative. And then the second you throw an interception, I get it, albeit with a backup quarterback, say oh, they should have handed the ball off. What are they doing? <laughs> um, you know, it it, it, um, it it it's easy. You know, it's easy for all of us, uh, the announcer on the team included, to uh, to second guess after you know the result of the play, right? Mm. Um, but, you know, well, yes, to answer the question, I was a little surprised, but I also am not going to be that critical of it because I, I, I like the more aggressive mentality. If you look around at some of the, you know, the teams that are ranked, uh, teams that are, have playoff hopes, and, again, they have a high talent level, but they also, for the most part, have a, have a pretty aggressive mindset offensively. And, yeah. and I think that uh, for this program to take a step, they have to, they have to shift to a little more aggressive mindset. So, so I, I'm not going to be that critical of it. I was surprised, yes, but I, I, at the same time, I kind of applauded a little bit. I mean, my goodness, you send a backup guy in there and you put enough faith in him to, to maybe, you know, because at that point, I think it was an eight-point game. Was that, yeah. that potentially, if that gets connected, is that a two-point conversion? I'm trying to remember I, I, now. I think so. A two-point conversion would have tied it at that point. Yeah, or, or maybe so. it was an eleven-point game. I can't yeah. remember, but either way, it was—you know—it's a—it's either a tie game or a two-point or a three-point game, right? Yeah. If, yeah. if they connect on that. So, um, uh, uh, even on the one hand, I—I uh, uh, I had this conversation with Justin Gard. He's like, you know, that—that uh, that was he, he loved the play call because, like, no way North Carolina's secondary thinking, thinking about that, that. Kid's yeah. going to come in. And so I think they thought maybe, hey, we'll catch him. And again, as I said, that secondary didn't look very good the week before. So I think they thought they could get him on a few of those. Mm-hmm. And, and, and frankly, they had him on a couple, and Ethan just mm-hmm. missed throws. And so I think they thought, they're not going to expect this. Let's pop one in the end zone here uh, with the backup quarterback, and it backfired. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, if, it, if it's yeah. a touchdown, we're all going, oh, what a great play. You know, Cole Kramer. Uh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I know. All right, right. <laughs> they surprised him completely. C- couldn't see that coming yeah. with a backup QB. Uh, you referenced Darius Taylor and how terrific he's looked the last uh, yeah. two weeks. 22 for 138. Not a single loss. He didn't get caught for a loss of yardage uh, the entire day. Uh, he's square-shouldered and yet still has some wiggle and plenty of speed. Yeah, he has shown some real skill. Um, I mean, there's a noticeable difference, and it's not a knock on any of the other running backs, but when he's in there, the running game is just better. Yeah. Um, and that's the way it was with Ibrahim, too, last year. And so um, I, I, I think they'd love to, to see, you know, uh, Sean Tyler continue to improve. He has really struggled running between the tackles. He's not a big guy. Um, he, he's one of those one-cut runners that, you know, you need to get him a seam. And if he does have some space, then he'll run away from everybody because he's a speedster. Mm. Um, but he, he's kind of struggled, um, you know, and, and it was unfortunate because you mentioned the cramps. The Gophers were also on a drive. I don't think it was that same drive. I think it was a different drive. They uh, were moving the ball on the ground, and uh, Taylor got a cramp on third and two, and they had to bring Tyler in, and he lost a yard on third and two. And yeah. and, and that was a controversy uh, where uh, should they have punted or not punted? I think I think it was after that play, and 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 PJ chose to punt and uh, hope to get the ball back. I think they were down 11 at the time. So, um, you know, it's never without some some uh, you know thoughts and hey, should they have done this differently? And I'm sure the coaching staff uh, you know analyzes those things and sure. decides, yeah, this is uh, maybe in retrospect we didn't 
do it right, or maybe yeah, this is exactly how we should have done it. They will they will know that. I don't know right. what the numbers uh, you know say. So uh, Taylor's good. Back to back freshman of the week. I mean, normally those freshmen or those weekly honors don't go to a team, a guy from a team that doesn't win. And so um, it, it one says something that yeah, this kid's pretty special. It also yeah. must say that there wasn't a lot of other freshmen uh, doing a lot of stuff last week in the Big Ten. I don't right. think, but right. hundred what was it? Hundred thirty two, hundred thirty nine. I can't remember now yeah. what he yeah. had, but. Yeah. Uh, it was um, it was a good game, and yeah, he's special. He's special, yeah. and 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 talking even with Daryl and PJ, um, uh, I I can't look and say, oh, I know what this guy's doing or that. Daryl's like he still is pretty raw. Like like he can be better. He'll he'll learn because he's six one, so that's tall for a running back. Believe mm-hmm. it or not, mm-hmm. and so his pad level still gets a little high. And Daryl's like, you know, once he learns that, because Daryl of course was a big, tall, bruising yep. guy. You learn to lower those pad level uh, at at the point of contact. You'll get extra yards. You might break more tackles. Um, but man, he's been. I'm like, well, whatever, whatever you guys say, that's fine. But to me, he looks really good. <laughs> Another guy who looked really good was Jack Henderson. Makes an interception, tackles for loss. He was all over the place. Uh, you know, yeah. where was Jack Henderson uh, previously? I know he's showed up, but boy, it seemed like a breakout game Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think that's a, that's a good way to put it. A breakout game, I think. Uh, so he's a he's a kid that loves football. Played at Southeast Louisiana uh, FCS uh, school last yeah. the last couple of years. Was all conference in that league, and decided he wanted to. The Gophers have had some success doing that, uh, reaching uh, to the lower level at guys that one love football and two can play. Jack Gibbons comes to mind, who's now with the Tennessee Titans. He came in as a grad transfer and. Uh, the the starting cornerback Trayvon Jones came from Elon, and that's a similar situation yeah. from the FCS. But Henderson, I agree, breakout. I, I thought in the Nebraska game he was okay. I think the uh, the speed and the power of the game surprised him a little in that game. We had sure. some angles that you're like, ooh, that angle, that angle probably worked last year. Right. <laughs> and now um, you know now you've got a guy that isn't running four six. He's running four four or four five, and. And that eight inches is the difference between making and missing a tackle. And now I think he he's got it figured out. Because you're right, he was. I think it was 11 tackles. Yeah, he had the interception. And that interception was a hard one. I mean, yeah. it was a weird throw. I don't know what the quarterback was looking at because it was it was not really to anybody. And um, and he was able to pluck it. And um, and it was it, you know it was, it was great. So he he is going to be a factor. He's kind of that monster. I don't mean he's a monster. I, that's, I think that's what they call that position, kind of yeah. a hybrid linebacker safety, where he's big enough to come in, and if it's a handoff, he can he can play like a linebacker, and he's fast enough um, in passing situations he can stay in and you know cover a slot corner or a slot receiver for for a, a, enough to. Um, to get the coverage and hopefully land a sack or, as he did the other day, get an interception. Yeah. Gophers and Northwestern on Saturday. It's a 6.30 uh, kickoff in Evanston, Illinois. Grimmer will have the call for us. We'll have your pregame coverage uh, starting at 4.30 on Saturday. Grimmer, thanks so much. Have a great call on Saturday. Yeah, you got it, Todd. Thank you. Always enjoy it. Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.